the Social Ideas podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Dr Michelle Fava, Head of Knowledge Transfer for the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. The lesson is an independent documentary that explores how children in Germany grapple with the country's history, some for the first time. Elena Horn, the director, begins this episode by sharing how the children she filmed try to understand the Holocaust. My favourite scene in the film is where there's a conversation between two children and uh, one of the kids is guessing when, <laughs> when his mother was born. And he thinks, hmm, maybe it was in the Third World War or in the Second. Maybe it's the third. And uh, the girl opposite him says, but Alex, there's no third world war. But then it must be the second world war. No, your mother would be over 70 years old, this can't be. And so they they really have to figure out everything by themselves. It's not like they're gonna go up on a Sunday walk and say, "Um, tell me what did my grandfather do or my great grandfather do? Um, This is, an illusion, this is not happening. So they are guessing. Maybe they were alive, maybe not. Um, And um, I found that so uh, revealing of the taboo that there still is. And also in the classroom, um, the teacher is asking, so who who of your grandparents or great-grandparents feel uncomfortable if you ask about it? So many hands went up. And um, and this is, uh, I mean, 70 years down the line, 80 years down the line. And hopefully the film can, can make some impact in, in helping to break those taboos because I feel that, that TV and film actually has a role to play in encouraging dialogues between the people who've just watched the film together. So perhaps this yes. can be one of the effects that the, that the film has. In yeah. an ideal world, yes. I was uh, talking to the German national television about this documentary and they were shocked about it. They said, this is not the narrative uh, that is acceptable because the narrative that's acceptable would be, okay, I don't know anything, then I learn about it and then I come to the realization, oh, I have a responsibility, I have to do everything for this never to happen again. This is not the conclusion that the children in the film come to. They're saying, look, I know my family. If we're going right, we're just going along because we want to have a quiet life. And it's exactly the same argument that we heard 80 years ago. Not causing trouble, not causing disturb, not disturbing. And this is why um, I think why the film is very controversial because it is, we all want so badly for Germany doing a great job in Holocaust education. Often when I spoke uh, to Jewish people today about the documentary, first thing they say is, but Germany is doing a really good job. Yes, maybe, on a, compared uh, to other countries, maybe, but there's something happening on the top, in the official level, and then there is something which I'm exploring in the film, which is the everyday life, the ordinary people who are um, 
who are not sure if all that they're learning in school is truthful. Yeah, and the film really draws attention to the role of the bystander in all of this. Yes. You know, both in the past and now. I think there is this obsession about uh, filming the extreme um, violence and activity of uh, the neo-Nazis in Germany, for example. Uh, so I was very, I, I very much concentrated myself on the ordinary, the normal people, because that was also when I studied the Holocaust, what struck me, how could they have let this happen and how can we prevent this ap apathy to be present again in the future? Because we may be not uh, able to prevent that there is um, like extreme views and maybe also them being able to accumulate some sort of power, but um, the resilience and the resistance against it, uh, we have to have this in our genes now. And unfortunately, I found when I was filming that um, from the four children I followed, three of them are not going to be the ones who stand up. Not many people have seen the film. You're going to be taking it to international film festivals, but you have shown a few people the film informally. I've shown it to four people, and they all responded quite differently, actually, and it, it made me realize how powerful the film could be in actually um, provoking dialogue between people. For example, one of the people who I, I showed the film to took exception to uh, the teaching methods that were being used in the classroom and thought that that was the outrageous thing that was being revealed. Whereas when I first saw it, I, I found the events at the football stadium with the football hooligans were, were what really shocked me and how aggressive they were and how the children really felt powerless to do anything about that. You know. And also I felt quite moved by how sincere the children were and how open they were in speaking about their feelings around all of this. And it made me think you must have taken a lot of time to develop a good relationship with those children, especially when they were talking quite candidly about feeling that they would have actually remained silent in, in the same circumstances as their parents or grandparents and why they would have done which is, I think they're aware that that's not the official line that they're supposed to be towing, but they still felt comfortable to, to share that with you. And I wonder how, how other people who've seen the film have, have responded to you about it. Yeah, it's one of these m rare moments where you feel a horrible truth coming there through a child's mouth. And um, I, it, also, when I was there, when I was filming in the classroom, I thought um, I had this this, this sub feeling, this feeling all the time that lots of the children will have this um, sensation, but that they would actually like verse it and say it out loud. I was also uh, very surprised about that. Um, I mean, we spent a long time together with the filming. Uh, it was in the beginning actually not so easy to get access to a class because some of the teachers were saying, Elena, I can't let you film here because some of these children hold so right-wing views 
if that's been recorded and uh, 10 years down the line they have an interview and this film is online and then they are can be uh, <laughs> yeah called up on that mm. and um, that's why I took a lot of care of later asking again do you still hold this opinion um, are you okay with showing this are you okay that you're saying a concentration camp is like an old people's home is that okay that I show this in the film now that you're an adult and nobody took anything back um, because I'm very very aware that you are in a very vulnerable position at that age and um, and I didn't have to correct anything. Um, they are... I, I think they also had a very good relationship to their teachers. I think they are good teachers. It was, didn't go out to find uh, a bad history teacher who's teaching something that's wrong or who is uh, using... Um, a bad method that's not what it's about people find different solutions for for teaching it um, but it is the effect that they give with it is very long-lasting and the disaster I found when I was filming is often the reality of it when you're going to a concentration camp and you're expecting oh I'm gonna have a deep experience now I'm gonna um, understand something bigger finally I'm going out of the classroom seeing that this really happened seeing the place it happens but the reality was, you were sitting in a bus for eight hours, you were driving there on the way to the, uh, your city trip, you go run into the concentration camp for one hour, walk around, everything is closed, and you go out. And it will be your memory of, of it. And for something so fundamentally important that you just have to push into your schedule somehow, somewhere, uh, I found that the, Mr. Heller, the teacher, said this very uh, interestingly. Um, we feel like we have to shock the children um, and which concentration camp is more shocking. Mm -hmm. And um, for it to have a long-lasting emotional effect, uh, which uh, I found when we went to Sachsenhausen, I, I, was, um, yeah, I was concerned that this was, this was really very short and um, the kids were saying, well, it's like a big garden. Yes, and there's a moment where um, the teacher describes a conversation that he's had with the other teachers around which is the most shocking concentration camp, and they were rating the concentration camps for shockingness for the children. But, but perhaps because they want the children to, to feel as deeply as they do about it and there's a sense when the children visit the camp that they are making light of it perhaps but I feel it's also possible that in these in these scenarios children are with their friends and they're experiencing something that doesn't really make sense to them but it's it's still possible that it's it's having a deeper effect on them that they will later reflect on mm -hmm. and that's still an important learning experience for them even if it's even if they're not visibly affected in the way that the teacher clearly was but however they decide in the end if being asked would because in Dortmund we have a huge uh, neo-nazi scene and big problems with um, the aggression they oppose on certain parts of the city and um, they're also being in represented in the city council 
then being questioned, would you go and protest against them in a relatively safe setting with maybe 3,000 other people? They say no, because they perceive the right different from how I remember it back then. They see the right as clever, as uh, smarter than uh, the others, technically more capable, and also in a way deserving of their success because they are, they are present. They are present in the small communities. It just happened that we accidentally got an NPD member uh, elected in a, as a sort of small mayor um, with the support of the SPD, the CDU and the FTP, a man called uh, uh, Stefan uh, Jaksch. Stefan Jaksch was elected uh, as this mini sort of mayor and he's a member of the NPD. He's the di it's the direct successor of the NSDAP. They want to, they officially want to destroy our democratic system. They don't believe this is working. So um, the right is present in the places where there's room. And people are not ready to engage into local politics anymore. And suddenly there's no alternative. And this is so ironic, actually, that our right-wing party is called alternative for Germany, because they often are the only option. Are you saying that he was, he was elected because he was the only candidate? Yes. Yes. There was no, nobody from the Social Democrats or the con Conservatives running. And uh, that shocked everybody that they, um, the, poli uh, the politician that supported him were just saying, well, he's a nice guy. I know him, he's okay. But he has been observed by the Secret Service. He has been, um, uh, yes, he is an official figure of the, of the NPD. I mean, we have had a, we have had a series of, uh, of uh, murders happening from exercised from the uh, National Socialist Underground. We have had a political murder this year uh, where a, um, a liberal politician was, oh, it's not even a liberal, it's a conservative politician actually, being shot in the face for expressing refugee welcoming views. And um, it is a big deal and we are still uh, dealing with it like isolated cases. And we are not making the connection to what we're learning in school at that time and the ideology that people still hold. And this, this, um, all these files about the NSU processes, they are being kept secret because it would traumatize the people, would traumatize the nation, what's, what's written inside of them. But isn't it more traumatizing to know that there is a national socialist underground organization who's um, committing murders all over the nation. And um, I must say, because I'm, I'm a journalist, so I have seen people taking back their voice, t uh, saying, no, I can't say anything refugee positive in this interview because I'm scared of what might happen to me if I do. So even if it was just one killing, it has a destructive effect. And this drops on a situation where we have um, so, um, yeah, 
40% of the children not even being able to explain what Auschwitz is. So we get this praise often for teaching the Holocaust so well, but it doesn't actually match the reality, unfortunately. I was impressed uh, the first time I came to the UK in that age, 14, uh, in a student exchange and I arrived in the school and everybody was wearing school uniform. And I thought, oh, they're fascists. <laughs> because that was my direct uh, association. And they have an army club. Like, it was unthinkable for me. I, I, could not, um, I could not go out of my skin of uh, thinking that these are negative signs. <laughs> and, um, and then I, went, I also remember very much going into the history room and there were Nazi flags the face of Hitler. Oh, wow, I thought, this is a disaster. <laughs> I cannot stay in this room. Um, I was feeling so shocked by that. Uh, I think in Germany we also have a bit the cult of the figure, or the cult around Hitler. The children were, and the teacher actually was also very surprised about this. They were always asking, Hitler's father, what was he thinking? Did he like what he do? They also speak about him in a, like it's his first name, you know. It's um, um, were they supportive of uh, of him? Uh, was Hitler beaten as a child? Was what was his childhood like? They were very in, much interested into that. And the teacher said, "Well, I never had an idea that this might be interesting. I I never thought I should teach this or find a way through his childhood to engage them." Um, I thought, uh, I also had this impression that in the UK it's very much about warfare when you teach about the Second World War, whereas in America it's more uh, the Holocaust. And in Germany it's actually the cult around Hitler and the Jewish experience, which yeah. is the center. And uh, at the moment I think we have to revisit the reasons how why? Because we are quite well versed in the effects, but not so well versed in the causes. That was Elena Horn talking about her documentary, The Lesson. You can follow the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn.